0: Welcome to the HSCT Warriors podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry-Koenig, or Zen Jen, and so grateful to share this story with you. As we continue to grow the HSCT Warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. We're so glad you've joined us. Thanks so much, Jan Marie, for reconnecting with us to give us, um, well, to check in.
1: Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me again, Jan. So much has happened since the last time I talked to you. So I thought I really want to get my story out there. So I thought, what a great place to do that.
0: Thanks so much for sharing with our community and um, lending insights to your experience with HSCT. So maybe remind everyone where we left
1: off. Right. So I had HSCT in Monterrey, Mexico in June of 2020. Uh, We were the first group to go down when they opened up um, during COVID. So that was, that was interesting um, and I, my last podcast, I talked all about that. And I think we had spoken in the last podcast, I was only about two months post uh, transplant. Right. Um, and you
0: were helping to assure right? people that the standard of care was amazing in Mexico and that everything felt safe because your nurse practitioner experience, you you really gained right. a lot of confidence in the in the care you received during COVID.
1: Yep, and I and I just listened to that podcast again, you know, and I and uh, I remember thinking, I know it worked I, in my heart. I knew it worked, and and that has never changed through this whole story that I'm going to tell you. That part has never changed. Mm. I really do believe it has worked for me, um, but my road to recovery has been very different than uh, most people's. So what happened was I talked to you in August by November, I was walking um, with uh, trekking poles sometimes and sometimes with nothing. And my foot drop was gone on my left side and, and I, and I posted videos about it too. And, and uh, it was quite amazing. The way I looked the day before I went to Mexico and five months later. So that was about mm. the five months. And I was just doing excellent. Like, And my heat intolerance was gone. My foot drop was gone. I was walking normal. I was climbing stairs just about normally. Everything was just clicking and it worked so well. Um, And then about December, I'm going to say beginning of December of 2020, I started to just have new symptoms and I was having. My right leg has always been my very strong leg, and it started um, to become weaker, and my left arm, which had never bothered me before, that started to get tingling and pain, and, and my grip, I couldn't grip anything with my left hand, and and so I knew something was going on, and I was, of course, always in the back of your mind, you're thinking, did the HSCT work only for five months, and right. now it's not working. Right, and am I reading? And that's what you're always thinking about. And so, in January, I contacted my neurologist and I said, Something's wrong, like, I don't know what it is, I don't think it's my MS, but something is definitely wrong. So, where my brain went initially was, I have a secondary autoimmune disease, something else is happening. Um, and um, talking to, I talked to the doctors in Mexico. They've been supportive through this whole thing. I talked to them. They said, well, we suggest you have a top-up of rituximab. So I think it's 1,000 milligrams of rituximab. And um, so working with the guys in Mexico and then talking to my neurologist, well, the first thing he did was he put me on a very high dose of steroids. So I had 1,000 milligrams a day orally. Um, for five days in February of 2021, and that did nothing. I was still slowly, slowly getting weaker and weaker and uh, having more and more back pain, uh, low back pain. And so I had the rituximab infusion in March of 2021. That did absolutely nothing. So for me, that told me this is not my MS because it should have kicked me back into remission and it didn't right? So that's kind of, so um, I had an appointment with my neurologist. I actually went into his clinic and uh, he said, I don't know what it is, Jan, but if it gets worse, you'll just have to come to hospital. So by May, May the 6th of 2021, I went to the hospital. I went to the eMERGE and um, you have to remember, I know the area. I'm a nurse practitioner. I've worked in the community. I I know the hospital system very well, so I knew that to get anything done, I'm going to have to be an inpatient. So I took myself to the hospital, basically told them I can't walk anymore, so they couldn't let me go home, and they admitted me. So I was in the hospital for all of May, trying to figure out what's going on. I was checked for all kinds of autoimmune diseases. I had a lumbar puncture done again. Um, They were looking for all kinds of cancer they were looking for anything um I had another MRI oh just to just to go back I had an MRI in January of 2021 for the first time in my MS life it showed no new lesion wow and then I had and then I had another MRI in May of 2021 again showing no new lesions okay so right
0: and your heart of I, hearts you knew this was not your MS
1: I, Knew I just knew I just I've always said i had a really good gut and I've always had very good instincts and I just knew that this wasn't MS. So um, I spent May in the hospital. My discharge from the hospital was weakness to right leg and left arm, not related to MS. And the reason why they said this was right at the end of May. I was talking to the doctors and I said, Why don't we try IVIG? Let's give it a shot. So that's intravenous immunoglobulins, and um, many people are familiar with that. But what it does, it's like a super, super anti-inflammatory. So it's really going to go in and, and, and try and fix things. And I know people with other diseases other than MS, other autoimmune diseases, it really works for them. So after... Um, My my first dose was split up into five days, so they give it to you very slowly. After the second day, I could move my left arm, I could raise it over my head, I could use it. It was not 100%, but it was 80% better. And finally, a doctor walked into the room and he said, if she's responding to IVIG, clearly this is not MS. And I said, thank you. (laughs) Finally, somebody agrees with me. So... Um, because I did respond to the IDIG, they, they got me into an inpatient uh, rehab program. So all of June, I was in rehab, and it was the best experience of my life. Um, fantastic physios, OTs, uh, working with them. Um, I was fitted for a wheelchair, unfortunately, because nothing was really getting better. And even with a month of rehab, I did not really get better. I didn't get stronger. I couldn't walk better. Um, I went home in a wheelchair. Um, I can walk about, I don't know, 30 paces and it's not very pretty. Um, I do have a walker. I um, I got a chair left to put in the house. I um, have a couple walkers. I had to put a commode by my bedside so I could get out of bed and go to the bathroom without having to walk. And, and still um, not feeling great. And, and really, I actually fought with one of the doctors there who was a physiatrist. And I said, she goes, well, I'm not in the diagnosis business, Jan. Mm -hmm. And I said, could it could it possibly be that when somebody read my MRI, they might have missed something because they're looking for MS plaques, they're not necessarily looking at they do comment on your vertebrae and the discs and those kind of things. But I think that's kind of secondary. Mm. So I'm in rehab and I'm this, Oh, doctor doesn't want to help me. And I'm thinking, what can I do? So I have a very good friend that lives uh, a couple provinces away. She's in Calgary and she's an MRI technician. So I sent her my films and she, um, she, she, she works with, uh, interventional radiologist. Now the reason why I sent her those films is because the weekend before, because of you, Jen, and thank you so much, oh. I was actually able to have a conversation with Dr. Burt, which Dr. Burt doesn't know me from Adam. He doesn't he um was just lovely to talk to me and he phoned me on a Saturday while I was in rehab. And I briefly told him my story, and he was very clear. I'm not your doctor, Jan. I can't right. give you medical advice, right. right? And I said, I know, I know. But he said, after talking to him about 10 minutes, he said, Jan, it sounds like you have a slip disc in your neck. Mm. And I went, I went, what? And he goes, I've seen it so many times, Jan, I can't even tell you. He says, people are misdiagnosed all the time. So that's why I sent my films out west to my girlfriend. She sent them to a um Interventional radiologist who immediately wrote back to me saying, "Yep, I would do a nerve block at your C6 in your neck, which totally will affect your left arm, and also your lumbar spine. Your disc between L2 and L3 is pretty well destroyed. Oh wow! So it's it's, it's pressing on all the nerves on your legs, my and 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 it's you know causing you pain and weakness. And I brought that." I brought that opinion back to the doctors in rehab, and even if I got to see a spinal surgeon, and I showed them the the second opinion, and they did not acknowledge it, nor would they even look at the films in a different way. Wow! So I was basically left to my own devices once again. So I was discharged from rehab at the end of June, and I immediately started um, looking at uh, uh, how can I get to Calgary and how can I get this fixed? So Canada is a little bit different. We do have um, a social uh, system here for our health care. But in Alberta, every province is a little bit different. And in Alberta, they have private diagnostic imaging clinics, which we don't have in Ontario. Everything here is government. So um, the private pays, you, you, if there is anything here, which I didn't find, I'm sure it would be very, very expensive. So, and so what I did was I was able to manage at home. I was much safer at home. I'm glad I got all of these things put in. I was much safer Um, still, really watching my diet and watching, you know, working with my naturopath and really trying to keep the inflammation down and all of those kind of things. But then I did go to Alberta at the end of October and um, I was seeing a doctor. Uh, her name, I'll give you her first name, but her name was Sarah. And she said, you know what, Jan, I put my back out this week and I won't be able to see you, but you're going to see Dr. Clerk. You're going to see Dr. Olivier Clerk. And he does things that nobody else does in Canada. So I think you're in very good hands. Hmm. So sure, I saw Dr. Clerk. He he trained in uh, Quebec and he works in uh, Alberta. And he is one of three Guys in the country that does these certain discograms. So I had a a, a basic nerve block done to my C6, and immediately I could blow dry my hair. I could lift my arm up. I had total, total function of my left arm. So that's not MS, correct? I think we can all agree that that's not MS. (laughs) And then the next day he did a. um, He went into my L2. And he did a steroid epidural and a discogram, and they inject the steroids directly into the disc. And I, as soon as he was injecting it, I could feel the the pain or the sensation, I guess, going right down my legs, like right huh. down to my, my toes kind of thing. It was amazing. And I had instant pain relief. I stopped all my pain medications um, for about a month. I had no pain but then again, these things don't last forever, right? So so it was coming back, coming back, and um, getting worse again. So I knew this wasn't my MS. I was walking better. I was sleeping better. Everything was better. Um, and then he said it should last between three to six months. Um, so I went back to Calgary at the beginning of February, and I had my neck done again on the, on the first day. I had my neck done again. Again, great results um, with that bulging disc up in C6. And then he said, I need to talk to you about something. And I said, okay. And he said, I am part of a feasibility study. We have a study going on right now for a new technology called Hydrofil by Rugel Tech. R-E-G-E-L-T-E-C. I want you all to look it up. Um, And what it is, is it's an injection that goes directly into the disc. It um, is at liquid, a little bit higher than body temperature, and it becomes solid at body temperature. So they inject it into your disc. It's going to replace the disc. It's going to uh, fill in that space, replace the disc. All of the pressure that's on the nerves will go away. And my spine will realign itself, and it's a one-off, one and done. There's no more injections to be had. It solidifies um, when it comes to body temperature, and you have a new disc in your back. So, I'm having this done on February 24th. Oh wow! And I'm and I'm over the moon. <laughs> I mean. You, I mean, sure, there's going to be some things that I'm going to have to, neuroplasticity is always something that I'm going to have to work at, and I yeah. still have the scars, and I still, you know, I, I know I have to work through that, but from November of 2021, I was walking almost normally. I know I can get back to that, and this whole year has been about these degenerative discs in my back, which... I, I I did write an email to my neurologist yesterday, and he's been lovely, but he, again, looked at the films, read the report from the neurologist and said, you know what, I don't see anything on your MRI. I but just don't understand
0: that.
1: I know. And so he didn't go down that way either. Oh, and another thing I did in, um, after I came from probably in September of last year, I have, um... Something with my insurance company with my work, and it's called Best Doctors. And what it is, is you can ask for a second opinion and you give them permission, and they gather all your health records from anyone that's ever seen you about your MS. And then they compile it and they send it to a specialist to look at it and give you a second opinion. Now, this, as you can imagine, it's free for me, but it's about a $5,000 kind of perk that, you know, taking up these these people's time and all this kind of stuff. So a neurologist actually phoned me one day and we kind of went through my whole history and I told them the story basically um, that I knew up until that point that we think it's something in my neck and I need to have that investigated and these kind of things. And he goes, okay, well, I'm going to get you a second opinion. So after about five, six weeks, they came back to me with a second opinion that it's secondary progressive MS. And I should go talk to Dr. Friedman in Ottawa because they don't know anything about HSCT. And, um, and I said, well, I'm sorry, but I don't agree. Fascinating. And I'm hoping I, I was hoping there'd be that one doctor that would, and that's Dr. Clerk. He's the one doctor that looked at me and said, I know what's wrong with you. Mm. And he doesn't care about the MS. He hasn't thought about the MS, you know? And, um, with the best doctors when they came back to me they gave me a 50 page document and 25 pages of that was educating me about ms wow so pretty degrading in, in, you know but also then the doctor phoned me and i said i'm going to calgary and i'm having this done on my back and he goes well i'm i'm 90% sure that that's not going to do anything but if it does, can you phone me and tell me?
0: Wow! And
1: I'm like, you know, so it's it's gonna work. It's uh, I'm I'm very excited. I'm one of the first fifty people in the world to have this done. I'm incredibly lucky, fortunate that that this, uh, the universe is smiling down on me. I think, and uh, you know, yeah, I'm in a wheelchair, but there's hope. There's always hope, and you know what. At the end of it, nobody knows your body like you know your body. And, and as an NP, these are things that I always talked about my patients. One of the things I would always say to them, I'd say, what do you think is happening? That's a really important question for your patients. What do you think is happening? You know? And, I, and, I, and when I was in the hospital, I told them what I thought, and they didn't agree with me. So I had to go out and find the answer on my own. Now, another thing that happened while I was in Calgary was Sarah, the doctor, her sister-in-law has MS. Mm. And again, she went into her neurologist. I have new pain, tingling and weakness to my leg. And they said, oh, you're progressing into secondary progressive. That was it. She then went to her sister-in-law who did a nerve block on one of her bulging discs. And all of those symptoms went away. So, and that's just two random people with MS.
0: But absolutely fascinating.
1: So how many people have this problem? How many people with MS are told, oh, no, it's just, it's just your MS. When you know in your brain, it's different, right? It's just different. It doesn't feel like my MS. My MS always, always was this way. uh, These were my problems. But now I'm having these new problems over here, but they don't feel the same. Nobody can put it into words because it's just how you feel, right?
0: It is so no. tricky, especially when, and all of this just reminds me, the importance of self-advocacy. But it, I think it becomes even more complicated and challenging when you do try to explain those feelings and doctors shrug it off or tell you, I don't agree. And I'm so sorry. That was your experience.
1: Yeah. And even the nurses, when I left rehab, three of the nurses came to me and apologized. And they felt like I was treated so poorly.
0: Because you um, were. And, I, and for three people yeah, to notice yeah. that is tremendous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Even my, even my physiotherapist that I was working with... um, I didn't really realize about my discs until the last three days I was in rehab. Mm. And those three days, she said, if I would have known, Jen, we would have changed her whole exercise routine. We would have done more to, you know, concentrate on this low back. But we didn't. We were concentrating on just getting up and walking, you know. And so another thing is because, most people that leave that rehab program are automatically transferred into the outpatient rehab program. But I wasn't allowed because I have MS and they won't take people with MS.
0: Fascinating.
1: And and I said, but this isn't an MS problem. Right. And then she said, well, what is it? Mm-hmm. It's got to be your MS because nobody can figure it out.
0: And I'm like,
1: well, I guess that's up to me then, isn't it? You know? And so, yeah, it's... it's um. But you know what, I'm an NP, I get the system, I understand medicine, and I am a strong advocate for my patients, but also for myself. Mm. But how many people can't do that? Right. How many people are there that don't know even where to start? And so I think I need to start my own advocacy business. (laughs) Right. You know, like like helping people through the system. You know, it's just too many people. Yeah, too many people, the doctor tells them something and they just go, oh, okay, doctor
0: said that's the truth, So Right. got to well, be the truth. And in your case, you weren't getting any answers until you connected with Dr. Burt, and he just made a guess, a very educated guess. But sure enough, once you pursue that guess to learn more and look at the films again and study and see from a different perspective, oh, sure enough, here is an, an issue. And then to actually have it treated... And to find such relief
1: is, is
0: so incredible.
1: It is. It is. And I kid, I'm not going to I'm not going to roll over and die. That's for sure. You know? So, um, yeah. So really excited. My husband and I, so Calgary is right at the base of the Rocky Mountains. So we are flying out, um, next Wednesday and my husband's going to go skiing in the mountains for three days. Nice. and I'm going to be recovering. And yes, and we have lots of friends and family out there, so it'll be it'll be good. It'll be you know, it's a really it's going to be a very positive thing. Um,
0: what I think is so incredible is that HSCT did not preclude you from being eligible to participate in this feasibility study.
1: And they didn't even really care. They didn't ask if I had, um, you know, if you look at the it's in the um, database in the clinical trials database. And if you look at the inclusion criteria or the exclusion criteria, yeah, you can't be, you can't have a BMI of over 40 and they have a, they have a disability scale that they use. It's called ODI and you had to score at least 30 on that. And I scored a 36 and that was kind of your inclusion criteria. Um, so yeah, it's, and the thing about a feasibility study is they're going to, they're going to cherry pick the people that are going to do really well, right? That's kind of, there's a big bias when it comes to feasibility studies. But what they're finding is that people with severe degenerative disc disease are 80 getting 80% function back. And after six months, 100% of their pain is gone. So it's just tremendous. You do get yeah, you do get better at the three and the six months. So you got to remember, you're putting in this new disc. Now your whole back is going to, it's all going to be new for your back. So your muscles are going to spasm. Things are going to happen until you can exercise and get used to having everything yeah. back to normal. Yeah, yeah. So um, at six months, I'll have an MRI, a CT, and then I'll go back at a year and have an MRI. So it's, um, it's very exciting, but I encourage you all to go to the website have a look there is a presentation there on the initial uh, presentation of the feasibility study and how people um are are getting such amazing results so the fact that he thinks I'd be a great candidate means that my this disease is severe
0: right right and um so yeah until you started looking (laughs) well yeah did you even know that you had degenerative disc disease?
1: They mentioned it, didn't say much about it. They, they, uh, One of my MRIs did mention uh, degenerative disc disease, but didn't say much about it. Um, all they kept saying was there's no spinal stenosis, no spinal stenosis. Mm. Well, you know, it's pressing on the peripheral nerves. And, and I, you know, and they just kept reading the report rather than getting somebody to actually look at the films you know, like an interventional radiologist. They just wouldn't, they wouldn't allow me to talk to a radiologist. They wouldn't allow me to. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I, I, as a nurse practitioner, I speak to radiologists all the time and I would call them and say, listen, do you mind just going over this with me and blah, 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 blah. And here's my patient's symptoms and da 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 da. da you know, and they might say, oh, well, let's get another film and do this or let's, You know, and they're very, these people sit in a dark room all day. They're actually really wanting to talk to people. They actually don't mind. And I'm not, and when I said to the physiatrist that was looking after me in rehab, I asked her, I tried to talk to the radiologist. I phoned down and I tried to talk to them and I got in trouble for that. So they weren't (laughs) going to allow that. Isn't that crazy? I'm thinking I'm the patient and this person is part of my level of care and I can't talk to them. They're like, no, we don't do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So, and that's what Dr. Burt said to me yes, of course you can talk to them. You should try and give them a call and, you know, see if in the States you can. And I said, well, I don't know what it's like up here, but we'll see. Um, But in my job, I definitely called radiologists and talked to them, you know. Um, But when I asked the doctor if she would uh, talk to the radiologist on my behalf, she said, you want me to challenge the radiologist? I said, no. I did not say challenge him. I said, have a conversation with Mm. him. Tell him what my symptoms are. See if it jives with what's going on. I said, they are trained to look at your plaques in your spinal cord, you know? So she did go down, apparently, and talk to him, and he said, no, there's nothing wrong. I sent that exact same, I said that's the exact same film, that MRI that I sent to Alberta, to a radiologist that doesn't know I have MS, didn't was just looking at the vertebrae and the disc because that's what they do every day, all day, all they do. So I'm just just blessed to have the people in my life that I do that I can reach out. The HSCT community has helped me so much. The fact that you could get me in touch with Dr. Burt just to have a conversation. I mean, these kind of things all came because of HSCT and all happened because of the MS, you know? So I have lots to be grateful for. And uh, people, I had friends over last week and they're asking me, how do you stay so happy? Like, Hmm. how do you stay so positive? And I go, what what else is there? Like, this is who I am.
0: It's critical. You know?
1: Yeah, this is who I am. I'm not going to, you know, things... Things can't get much worse right now. So it's gotta get better. Right. Well, you know? and it's a critical and, uh,
0: foundation of just you and your being. Like you're just always so positive and keeping that positive outlook helps you to not like just take no for an answer, right? It helps you to keep moving forward and seeking the answers you know are out there.
1: And and I think people generally, genuinely wanna help me. You know, um, when they hear my story and they see my videos of me walking and when they they hear the story, they do definitely want to try and help, you know. But um, so when this works, after next week, when this works, and I am up and walking and dancing and doing everything I love, I am going to be screaming this from the rooftop. Mm. And I am going to let anyone that will listen, I'm going to let them know, I'm going to go back to that hospital and I'm going to educate those people on some things.
0: Oh, there um, I've you go. Let,
1: yeah. I've already let my neurologist know that this is happening. And uh and I have asked him to please uh, finally admit that maybe this isn't secondary progressive MS. Um, and what did he lovely. say? We get, he hasn't written back and uh, I have an appointment with him next Monday. So I'll be I'll be in the mountains, but he's going to call me and we're going to talk next next week. So we'll see. He's a, he's a lovely person and he has, has been supportive through this HSCT experience the whole way. So, um, and, and he's, he's happy to help. He's happy to do whatever it is. Um, the fact that this is actually going to work, hopefully that's going to help maybe some other people in his practice, you know, and, uh, maybe he can do, I, I would encourage him to do a case study on me in grand rounds and let people know. You know, this is this is what happened there. I think it's a very open to that. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I think I'm a very big learning. I, I think people could learn a lot from this case. Um, I'd love to punish people, but no, let's <laughs> learn from this. and are you know, like revenge. I'm like, no, no, no. Let's learn from this and move on. Because the fact that this has happened to me and this random other person with MS, who I've never met, it happened the exact same thing happened to her. Well, who else has this happened to? And I encourage you, if you're listening to this, and uh reach out. I'm on Facebook, Jan Marie Morgan. Reach out. I you know, let let's talk because I and 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 with this other woman as well, they want to just put her on a, a stronger medication. So that was it, you know? Oh, gotta go now we gotta go to Okravis or whatever. I don't know what she was on, but You know, they wanted more. They wanted to bring out the big guns because she's having these new symptoms. Well, they weren't even related to her MS. Is she considering HSCT? I don't know. I've actually reached out to the doctor, to Sarah, to see if she would talk to me. So we'll see. If she'll talk to me, I'd just love to. I want to tell her story if I could, if she'll let me. And she may not. You know, she didn't want to have her back injected because she was scared to go against her neurologist. Mm. so this is what happened well and I think I read that's, that a
0: lot that's the power of these interviews right is is hearing what happened to you and knowing it's surely happening to other people right you and this one other person are not the only two in the world who are experiencing Absolutely. this including the rejection by the doctors right or yeah that dissonance like it's just it doesn't make sense where so many people say no but then as soon as one person says yes and you say yes right and you give it a try you see instant relief
1: crazy you know I think people got to remember doctors work for you you don't work for them
0: well it underscores the importance of education and awareness and just asking the questions and learning and digging and it's exhausting, yeah. especially when you're battling active disease. And so, thanks to HSCT, right? Without disease activity, hopefully that yeah. creates space for you to become even more diligent to to seek these answers.
1: Yeah, and you know, I I was um, so in Ontario. Forty percent of the Canadian population lives in Ontario. So Ontario is there's a lot of lot of people here, and uh, I was trying to get into the pain clinic at McMaster University, which um, it, it's a little renowned place. But um, the referral went in in August of 2021, and I still don't have an appointment. Wow! So and even get the work that I need done here. So I'll fly. It's 3,000 kilometers. I'll fly. We'll, I'll go out there. I don't care. You know what? I've already spent eighty thousand dollars on HSCT. I think I can afford a couple hundred bucks to buy it. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it's not. It's a non-issue. I'll go. I'll go wherever they can help me. Well, and they are just
0: the website you shared with me and earlier that we'll include in the show notes. I when I looked at it, it looked as though they had another clinic in Maryland or Massachusetts, somewhere in the United States. Am I incorrect? Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore, it's Baltimore.
1: Maryland. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's Baltimore. And that's where, that's where the medical director sits. And I don't know that Baltimore is enrolling patients. So I know that it's being done in Columbia and in Canada. Okay. Um, but hopefully, yeah, hopefully it'll be done in Baltimore. But if you live in the area or, you know, and, and it's, and it's just, get your films read by an interventional radiologist. Mm -hmm. Like just find an interventional radiologist, take your last MRI and see if there's anything that can be done. You know, and these injections take five minutes. They're not, they're, it hurts a little bit, but not, you know, it's really simple, really easy and you get instant relief. And, you know, who knows if there's something like that going on in your spine. We all have, we all have spinal issues as we get older. I'm 52 nice. now. And I've been a nurse for a long time. And so this degenerative disc disease, I never had a, an accident or I never hurt myself in any way. But I think it's just years of years of, you know, putting patients into bed and nursing and doing all that kind of stuff. And I of think course. it's just over, over time, you know. But, um, yeah. So that's my story. And I'm very excited. And thank you, Jen, for, uh, for, for for being in my life, because just knowing you kind of catapulted this whole thing. So thank you.
0: Well, thank you for being your own advocate, right? And, and not accepting no for an answer. Because, honestly, that's what helps you the most. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm so glad to be a part of your life. And I've learned so much from you and your energy and your positivity and your can do spirit, right? And so thank you for sharing that with me and sharing your story with our audience.
1: Well, thank you. And you know what, let's do this again in six months when I'm uh, running, jumping and all that kind of good stuff. So, um, or no matter
0: where you are, right? I I believe it will work for you.
1: I do too. But Uh you're right. Let's no matter where I am, let's, we we have to follow this up. I feel like we're only halfway through Mm -hmm. at this point,
0: you know, and and,
1: uh, people are listening to these because they've reached out. People have reached out to me just by listening to the podcast, you know, and you reach out again. You can always find me on Facebook and, um, or or talk
0: to a warrior.
1: Through yeah HSCT, H-S-C-T warriors. <S-T-> warriors yeah I volunteer for HSCT warriors so that's hsctwarriors.org. just go to talk to a warrior we can chat if you have any questions about HSCT or now now spinal issues right. <laughs> I'm becoming a self expert no I'm not an expert but you know you don't know until the right person comes into your life that can I don't know it's just a blessing that Doctor Clerk in my life it wasn't he wasn't supposed to you know but the other doctor put her back out and it, it, here I am with Dr. Clark it's, and he's doing things that nobody else in Canada is doing and I'm just so so lucky you know
0: yeah the universe is indeed smiling down on you
1: yeah awesome 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 thanks Jen. so
0: well thank you for again just being aware of all of what's presented to you and and considering it with an open mind and then pursuing just seeking out those answers for your for yourself. I think those are such important lessons for anyone listening anywhere in their life, whether they're considering HRCT or have been through it and are encountering challenges now that they don't necessarily understand, right? It's always good to get another opinion. Such big takeaways for me and i just appreciate you shining a light on those
1: well thanks jen there'll be more more good things to come for sure
0: yes and that's the positive attitude we want to hold on to excellent all the best to you in health and wellness thank you and And good outcomes with this procedure i can't wait to learn more next time we connect
1: excellent will do
0: be sure to visit hsctwarriorspodcast.org, where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and connect with resources and the HSCT Warriors Incorporated nonprofit. As always, special thanks to musical genius, Billy Alletshauser, for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. It has been amazing to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment to connect with us on Instagram or share this episode with someone you know that would enjoy listening. In the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Be well. Jen Stansberry-Koenig and the producers disclaim medical influence and responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. If you think you have a medical problem, please contact a licensed physician and take good care.